Welcome to this GLF Live session. Signing in from Nairobi, Kenya, my name is Natasha Elkington, and I'll be your host and moderator for today's interesting and pertinent discussion on how to safeguard Africa's crops. So from deadly cyclones to devastating droughts, Africa is already grappling with the effects of the climate crisis, which are being exacerbated by large-scale land degradation. The continent is also home to one of the world's fastest growing populations. So this is also posing a major challenges for food security. So joining me today are two experts on the subject, um, Dr. Daniel Ashe-Kote, signing in from Ghana, who is the acting director for the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research, Plant Genetic Resources Research Institute. I'll let him explain that later. Thank you, Daniel, for joining us. Thank and, you, Natasha. Uh, thank you. And in Bonn, we have uh, Nora Castaneda-Alvarez, uh, who leads the Seeds for Resilience uh, project, a crop trust project helping national gene banks in Africa. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you, Natasha. Thank you. And I guess we'll just start with you, uh, Nora, since uh, you've got the mic or the screens on you. Just tell us a bit more about your work and um, the Seeds for Resilience, this project that you're sure, working Natasha. on. So uh, the Crop Trust is an international organization devoted to promote uh, the conservation of plant genetic resources for food and agriculture. And of course, as part of our mission, we have this project called Seeds for Resilience, um, funded by the German government. And we received the funds via KFW, the German Development Bank. And the main focus of the project is to support selected national gene banks in Africa to improve their processes and also to be able or to improve the ways they are connecting with users such as farmers. This is a five years initiative. We are coming, we're close, we're soon coming to an end, but there are many successes and many uh, lessons that we have been uh, harvesting already. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe just go into that. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll jump to Daniel. Maybe, yeah, since you're already on the trail. So, what, you know, what are the, some of the lessons learned and uh, that maybe you want to share with us? Yeah, sure. So we have we are working with the national gene banks of Ethiopia, of Kenya, of Zambia, of Nigeria, and Ghana. And one of the main issues that these gene banks were facing, and it's not only it's not exclusive to these five gene banks, but it's something that you can see across national gene banks, is that they had a uh, significant uh, operational backlogs. This means you have you have the gene bank. It's uh you think of it as a you can think of it as a library of different types of seeds, and but you need to work and you have to ensure you are keeping these seeds alive and in enough quantities that you can distribute to your farmers or scientists or students that need them. So this is one of the of the main challenges that our partners have been facing, and thanks to the project, we've been able to support them to regenerate, to refresh the seeds they had, also to start implementing some of our partners. They didn't have um, uh, protocols in place to measure seed viability uh, in a more uh, often or more systematic way. And thanks, thanks for the intervention, this is happening now. Then I would say like in one part, one of the, of the, of the, of the fruits that we have harvested is, um, clearing some of these operational backlogs, having more seeds that are available for distribution, 
And recently, that was uh, two last week, I think, um, our partners, they made a joint shipment of seeds to the seed vault in the Svalbard. And this is also part of, of, of these efforts. You have to ensure that uh, you have some security about your collections. It's not sufficient to have them on your site. We've seen many examples around the world where uh, these seed banks are exposed to typhoons, to social unrest. And if you don't have a copy of those collections, they are your own risk of losing them forever. So shipping samples to Svalbard is like uh, it's an insurance. It's an insurance, and our partners they lead a a big step. They reached a big milestone last week on this. Amazing! That's amazing news. I know. I know for our audience, when you think you know, like talking about seeds, how interesting can it be? But I, you know, after discussing from yesterday and day before, it's a very um, interesting and pertinent discussion that um, that needs to be on the forefront. I think of this climate crisis. So I'll hand over to Daniel if you can maybe share. <laughs> a bit of the work that you do as acting director, and then maybe share with us the status quo of the gene bank situation here in Africa on the continent. Yes. Thank you very much, Natasha. And uh, thank you for the opportunity. Yes, the CSIR Plant Genetic Resources Research Institute is one of the 13 research institutes of the CSIR Ghana, which is the largest scientific research organization in the country. And the CSIR PGI is the National Gene Bank of Ghana with a mandate to collect and conserve plant genetic resources to save them from extinction, such that if in the future we need them, they are available for utilization. And it is one of the few multi-crop gene banks in West Africa. Our crop collection is a diverse one, consisting of legumes, cereals, vegetables, root and tuber crops, medicinal, spice plants, fruits, tree species, and uh, crop wire relatives. So you can see that it's a quite a comprehensive uh, collection. And as a director, I'm in charge of the day-to-day -day management of the institute. And um, we are also mandated to coordinate all plant genetic resources activities in the country. Yes, and we are also the na national focal point for the International Treaty on Plant Genetic Resources for Food and Agriculture. And so the work we do is very critical to food and nutrition security and sustainable agricultural development in Ghana. So, okay, so can you just tell us, so what's the situation now that you're facing in Ghana? Like maybe like tell us, you know, like what are the challenges you're facing in collecting? Because I, I think also what's interesting is to understand the process, um, like maybe for our audience to understand like um, the process of, you know, collecting these seeds and then storing them and then what happens after. And then maybe if you know the status quo of the continent, what, you know, what's, what's because Ghana seems to be doing well. How, how else is everyone else doing when it comes to okay. collecting? Hmm. So, the activities conducted by the CSRPG, which is typical of every gene bank, is that based on information that we receive from the field, either through exploration or from user demands, we undertake collecting missions to secure plant genetic resources that are at a high risk of being lost in the world. And also, aside that, we also acquire material from sister gene banks across the world. If we find that there's a particular plant species that is of economic or social interest to Ghana, we contact, use our networks to contact them, and we acquire them together with uh, the associated passport information and add it to our collection. And also, per the seed law in Ghana, all breeding institutions and organizations are supposed to deposit their material with us for 
conservation, documentation, and reference and security purposes. So basically, this is what we do. Concerning the status quo of gene banks in Africa, our situation is not unique. It cuts across all African countries. Uh, prior to the Seeds for Resilience project coming into being, we have funding challenges, and those funding challenges are still persistent. You know, infrastructure uh, challenges to uh, a key challenge because most of the facilities that we have are outdated. They are not in a state that will allow us to comprehensively, you know, describe the qualities of the germplasm that we hold. And without describing the qualities of the germplasm that we hold, it becomes difficult for users to come and say, I want this particular session, which is uh, targeted at addressing this need. So we, modern equipment that will allow us to characterize comprehensively the material that we hold and also ensure that we are able to conserve them for the long term. Most of the accessions that we hold in African gene banks are unique to African countries. Some of them cannot be found in any other international gene bank. And they are very essential for food and nutrition security, especially for smallholder farmers. And so we should be able to conserve them and have the conditions necessary for keeping them alive. If you keep the seed and it doesn't uh, stay alive, you are uh, a mortuary and we are not mortuaries. We are supposed to have the conditions to keep our seeds alive. Say so that in 50 years time, when the need arises for us to use a particular plant accession, it is available and also in good uh, condition or is viable. So that is our major uh, challenge across Africa. And another key challenge that the Seeds for Resilience Project is helping us to address is the disconnect between us gene banks and our users, particularly farmers. Farmers are not aware of the value that we offer them as a gene bank. And so through the Seeds for Resilience project, we are now interfacing directly or interacting directly with our farmers to let them know the value that we have for them in terms of uh, helping them you know, address the challenges brought up, up upon by climate change and also the narrowing of the genetic base of the crops that we, we, we cultivate. Well, interesting. Nora, maybe you can expand on that um, in terms of working with uh, with farmers on the ground with the, the, the Seeds for Resilience project, um, because I guess before it wasn't that way. So, and, and, and then you also mentioned that it's coming to an end. Uh, um, can you tell us more a bit about that? <laughs> so we have our first phase, it's, it's well, 2025. So it's still we have some time to 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 work and and to have some activities on, ongoing. Um. So my my first intervention, I explained that we um, were looking at this at this capacity of a gene bank to conserve and make sure they have enough seed that can be distributed. And one of the interesting um activities that we are also doing with the project is um, encouraging our partners to strengthen their links to users. And then we are using this concept of, we call it germplasm user groups or uh, germplasm engagement groups, where each of the partners, they have, according to their context, they have came with, they're using um, different approaches on how to uh, let farmers know what type of materials they have in the seed bank and that can be of use for them. So for instance, like all of them, they have different approaches. Uh, so I can think of Kenya, for example, that they have made, they have set up um, 
participatory evaluation trials on farmers' fields, but also they have like a, a research station where they have planted some of the material. And farmers, they invite farmers to come over and they make evaluations. And they have decided already before starting, they decided of which were the crops that farmers were interested to see more diversity. And they also defined which traits they wanted to see. In the case of Kenya, farmers, they wanted to work with sorghum and they informed they wanted to have earlier materials. These are materials that start um, uh, flowering and fruiting uh, earlier than compared to like the commercial varieties. And this has an advantage as the cycle of the crop will be shorter and it helps like reducing the risk of exposure to drought uh, periods. So that's what our partners have been doing. They also found some of the farmers, they have reported that they found uh, varieties that they used to grow in the past that they liked. And that thanks to this exposure to the diversity, now they are able to recover them. Um, when I say exposure to this diversity, we have to think, maybe we have to create up a little, I, I want to create a picture of how it looks like. Then, um, our partners they have selected like they probably have uh, 1,000, 2,000 different samples of sorghum, and they have some, made a selection of uh, they've made a, like a little um, group depending on some characteristics. So, for example, if they are working on, in the north of Kenya, then they would think, okay, these are the these uh, samples were collected from this region 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and or probably from this other region, and but we think they are adaptable to these conditions. Mm -hmm. And they come over and they grow the different the different samples, and farmers can start seeing that diversity and then select those that are of interest for them. The idea is also that um, once this selection happens, that there is some a, a, a cycle of multiplication and that farmers can continue using these these seeds. Um, in the case, I, I don't uh, well, uh, uh, yeah, this is this is a specific case of of, of Kenya, but um, for example, with our partners in Ethiopia, they decided they're working in different regions across the country, and each region selected a different country. But then they also had this approach of getting a group of samples planting them with the farmers and start discussions of which were the ones they wanted. And also the farmers can learn, okay, this is the place to go whenever I'm interested in getting more diversity or more material different to the one that I'm usually getting in town. Well, very interesting. I mean, and, and on that subject, maybe Daniel, you can jump in. Like, how what what is the support of, of of governments in your in your projects? Like, you know, like I know you've chosen these five countries that we're now working in, in Africa. Um, I guess my question would be like, why these five countries? And then, you know, how, do we have do you have national support? What is the support? You know, the measure of support that you have, like you know, you're going down to talk to the farmers, but um, on the policy level, in terms of government, how how's that working out? Yes, uh, we do have government support because uh, the National Gene Bank is a strategic national institution, and uh, food security is an important national uh, consideration. Because in Ghana, we have identified that food security relates to national security. If people are hungry, 
it means that uh, they can be made to do anything to survive. But once you guarantee that people would have access to good food at all times, it means that uh, there's some amount of respite for government. And so government has a policy to ensure that the genetic resources we conserve are utilized to address the challenges that we face. And the, the challenges that we face are at a very high state at the current moment. And so the need for plant genetic resources cannot be overemphasized. And so government provides the necessary logistics for us, only that it is not sufficient enough, given the challenges that we face from climate change and also the challenge to feed an increasing population. And so we would always want more. And that is where the crop trust is filling in the gap that uh, the government uh, is not able to uh, fill. And so government support is there all right, but it is not up to the level that we need to address the intractable challenges that we face, given the situation in biodiversity loss, uh, born out of climate change and other man-made factors. So, so as we all know, we're, this, this planet of ours is facing you know, uh, major issues everywhere from war, from the climate change, drought, we're like hitting, you know, in the eye of the storm. And then at the moment, it's like, we're also behind the time. We, we said we need to catch up in order to mitigate this climate crisis. So um, to either one of you, what, you know, what are, what are the plans? Like I remember reading on Crop Trust, like you need this $850 million is the the mark. You, you've um, got 250 million, you have 165 partner organizations and, and nearly 1.2 million or over 1.2 million seeds collected. But you have, you know, you have uh, um, landmarks that you want to uh, reach. So how how are you going to do that like yesterday? Because we're obviously late to the table and I know things need to scale up. So what are the plans um, going forward um, in order to scale up and then maybe this make this continent wide? Yeah. So um, like from our perspective, from our side as crop trust, we continue to um, fundraise for our endowment fund. The endowment fund is uh, a tool that we have that enable us to support key gene banks in the world in perpetuity. So uh, there are also we have national gene banks, we have their regional gene banks and their international gene banks. And um, then yeah, so that's one part. Like it's 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 a continuous work, fundraising, uh, informing why it's important to take care, uh, to worry about this type of seeds uh, of crop diversity. Uh, like it's not only probably we're always uh, used to one variety of potatoes and we think that's enough, but uh, growing one type of potatoes, it's is in it's immensely um um unsustainable for our uh, our nutrition. Uh, like a pest can come, a disease can come and wipe out an entire variety. So that's our food systems are fragile and we need to have options to be able to continue producing food and feeding the world. So yeah, we continue raising, uh, raising awareness and um, inviting donors to, to provide for our endowment fund. Uh, when you say targets, we have uh, we we have our own targets on how we decide how we can support or can continue providing long term support for different gene banks, and I think it's uh, an interesting tool for sustainability, and um, 
yeah, and the idea is that uh, through this system that we are um, working with, um, that we can um, ensure that key crops, that there's diversity of key crops available for scientists, for farmers all around the world. Right. Great. Daniel, do you want to add to that? Yes. Yes, uh, one of the ways that as national gene banks we can contribute to the goals and targets is to form effective partnerships for research and breeding to enhance the conservation and utilization of uh, indigenous crops or African crops that we hold. It is only by enhanced utilization that we can justify the costs that are borne in terms of conservation. And uh, for us, through the crop trust, we have been able to build capacity using on-site and uh, exchange uh, training programs. And what we have as an advantage is that we have the international and CGI centers. Uh, for Ghana, we have the IITA. And the IITA already has the infrastructure and the know-how. And so by building partnerships with them, it means that we can leverage on that to quicken the pace of conserving and utilizing or enhancing the utilization of the crop collections that we hold. Uh, for the other considerations, we also have to think about strengthening uh, farmer-led conservation initiatives, including the use of uh, community seed banks, and acknowledge the role of indigenous knowledge in their conservation and use of plant genetic resources. And so uh, policy formulation to, to make sure that our food and farming systems are transformed is very important because uh, currently it is only maize, rice, wheat, and soybean that are the focus. Most of the crops that are indigenous to Africa are the periphery of research and uh, funding. But as Nora said, by narrowing down the scope or the diversity of foods that we depend on, we are making ourselves increasingly vulnerable to the effects of climate change or uh, what have you. In Ghana, we never expected, or in Africa, we never expected that we have fall armyworm infestation. But fall armyworm has come and it's now a serious constraint. So we need to diversify our farming systems and our food systems to make sure that we are able to uh, sustain uh, food and nutrition security for the long term. Great. And, you know, and on that subject, so like, you know, we've got five countries that are involved now, like with this crop, with the Seeds of Resilience project. What about all the other African countries? Can they bring their seeds to to these um, seed banks that are already here? Like, how does it work in order to get, get them in the program and to make sure that we are also safeguarding seeds from all, all other countries and on the continent? Yes, I think fortunately for Southern Africa, they have a regional gene bank. In West Africa, we are having discussions as to having a regional gene bank in West Africa too. And I think uh, for East Africa, to, I think they have partnerships in terms of that. And uh, per the FAO gene bank standards, each gene bank is supposed to have a duplicate of its collection at a second location, such that if there's a natural disaster, it can be retrieved. Uh, so we have level one safety duplication, then you have the other level, which is the global seed vault in Svalbard, which we recently uh, took advantage of. And so, uh, we could have mutual or bilateral agreements. If Nigeria wants to save guard some of their seats in Ghana, we are available. If we want to safeguard some of our seats in Nigeria, it's only a matter of having a discussion and agreeing to the terms of uh, duplication, and that will be done. And currently, through the auspices of the crop trust, I can say that 
uh, we have used the five gene banks as a starting point to reach out to other gene banks. And so now I can call my colleague in uh, Zambia and we can discuss pertinent issues relating to the conservation of plant genetic resources. And we also have the FAO International Treaty. So there are, there are various platforms that we can use. Very good. Do you want to add anything there? I have uh, I have questions from the audience uh, that I can jump into. Um, yes. Yeah. There's anything? Yeah. Okay. Well, so uh, I, I can I can add that uh, what we've seen is that many many African countries they don't have their own gene banks. Right. But uh, as Daniel said, one and this is some some of our other projects we've we've had and we've been supporting them to be able to produce seed that can be conserved elsewhere. So that's like a like an emergency measure right. in, in in the meantime. Great. Great. Thank you. So we have a question from LinkedIn um, from one of our audience. And the question is how best can an organization or individual partner with you in supporting agri agroecology and food sovereignty? That's a very interesting question. <laughs> I, I think it's like I would have a different answer to Daniel's answer. So in our case, uh, like the mission of the crop trust is very focused. So whenever we have there is something related to the conservation of 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 seeds, well, it's not only seeds, but it's also in vitro conservation of plants, genetic resources. Then there is an option for us to to support and to contribute to. Daniel, I don't know if you want to add something else. Yes, I think uh, the answer to that is that uh, we need to build local capacity within our uh, national systems, so right. that we can breed our own crops and uh, make them available to farmers. And uh, in Ghana, what we are doing is to ensure that there is direct use by farmers. Farmers can directly use some of the material from the gene bank to solve their pertinent issues. And so if uh, farmers are able to derive value from that, I don't think uh, there'll be the need for them to look for externally sourced inputs. Right. Yes, everything will be locally generated and uh, I think there'll be, uh, <laughs> there'll be peace of mind for everybody, yes. Exactly, yes, exactly. I guess it'll ensure a more safer future in terms of food security if every country had their own gene banks. Um, I guess that's the aim um, for the future of the world um, at the moment. So we have about two minutes left. Um, I don't know if there's any more questions from the audience. We can send in from LinkedIn or Facebook or um, YouTube. Um, we do have like two minutes left. So I think um, as we wrap up and wait maybe for a couple of more questions, uh, maybe I'll allow you both to like, you know, maybe summarize or share, um, you know, what, what you think is important for our audience to know when it comes to, you know, safeguarding Africa's crops and in terms of seed collection and gene banks. Um, you know, what message would you like, you know, our audience to get from our session before we wrap up? Maybe I'll let you start, Nora. Sure. We'll yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. So um, probably, as, as I said before, this is, We've been talking a lot about seeds, 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 seeds here. There are different ways of conserving material. Um, of course, the seed is a unit for that from which you can reproduce a plant, and that's the most logical one. But there are also different other techniques, like in vitro or even having fields with different types of, of varieties, and that's another way of conservation. Um, we are part and we contribute, like as our partners, uh, it's Let's think of a network of 
institutions working to working towards the conservation of plant genetic resources. So this is not uh, a sole effort of of the crop trust. Uh, we work also with other other with the CJIR, for example, as as Danny had mentioned, also with the International Treaty for Plant Genetic Resources for Food and Agriculture. It's a small network, but I think there is a lot of collaboration in between. And um, yeah, that that's it. Thank you, thank you, Daniel. Yes, what I want to say is that. Plant genetic resources conservation has to do with everybody. So I want us to avail our minds to certain issues. Uh, in the history of man, about 5,538 plant species have been recorded as having been cultivated as crops in human history. Currently, 12 crops together with five animal species provide about 75% of the world's food. Of this, rice, maize, and wheat provide more than 50% of the world's calories. And with regards to climate change, it is projected that climate change will cause a reduction in the yields obtainable from these crops. That's against the backdrop that the world's population is projected to increase, means that we have to make conscious decisions regarding our consumption patterns. We have to consume in such a way that we facilitate the conservation and use of indigenous crop varieties such that our food and farming systems will be diversified for the benefit of current and future generations. If we still focus on these few crops, it means that the farmers might be forced to throw away the diversity they have. And without empowering gene banks, we'll all be in peril. So we should all think about this and change our consumption patterns. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that was very powerful. And I think just to add to that, um, I think in a, a one way we'll also just be involved, uh, involving young people and youth, you know, like children to explain to them from a very young age, the importance of, you know, seeds, which is like them, you know, will grow up to be plants and trees. And I think once that consciousness also will hopefully, you know, move the agenda forward too. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, like youth, youth, youth engagement, it's very key. Um, yeah. There are many other institutions also working, working on those aspects. And uh, like... Uh, 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 like fostering that sensitivity. I think that's important, no? Yes. Exactly so. Yes. Yes, exactly. So we I can't think lose I, the indigenous knowledge associated with our foods. Thank you. We have to keep the consciousness awake. Yes, and I think that's a part of it, like the, the indigenous, the storytelling, you know, like bringing in back where our traditions come from and safeguarding yeah. those to, to ensure a safer future. So I think... Um, I think that's the way forward. So I, on that note, I think we'll wrap it up. I thank you both for making the time and taking the time to share with us. You know, like, I think most people will be like, how can you talk about seeds? But I think we could do a few more sessions because I found more interesting subjects that we could go down to. That's um, an issue. That's an issue. Yes, exactly. But thank you both. And um, we look forward, and this will be streamed later on um, on Facebook, YouTube. So we can watch it again if anyone missed it today. But um, thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Nora. This is thank us you, signing. Thank you, the it's continent. Thank you so much.